0: I graduated from Champion Baptist College in 2008. I did okay in college. Uh, I took a lot of classes at a time. One semester I took 21 credits. And so what that meant is I didn't get to spend a lot of time on each class is how that all works out. And uh, so I didn't do great, uh, you know, because of those reasons. And I, I remember sitting in graduation and hearing all of these Uh, awards being given out, right? They're all official sounding too, right? Summa cum laude and magna cum laude. And I'm over here sitting, thinking to myself, even so cum laude Jesus, I want to get out of (laughs) here. But after graduation, a few of my friends and I decided that we're going to take a road trip on the way home. I was going to get married in a few months, so we just thought we'd have one last big hurrah and so we decided we were going to drive through Kansas City and Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. And so we were just, it was a little 1993 Honda Civic, and uh, there are four 20-year-old men in this, uh, and two of them are pretty big, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, but we decided we were going to take this trip. But just a few hours into the trip, outside of Joplin, Missouri, It started hailing like I had never seen before. It was crazy. And it was so loud that we couldn't hear each other talk. And we pulled over because we were so scared. We didn't know what was going on. We were from, you know, Pennsylvania, most of us, so we weren't real familiar with what to do in this situation. And uh, the car started shaking back and forth, and we thought it was going to flip. It was insane. And uh, we saw this dark cylinder go in front of us real slow, it was, we were scared to death. That car full of four young men all of a sudden wasn't so tough anymore. We were scared out of our minds. My little brother's texting my mom saying, I love you so much. Uh, sorry for everything I've ever done. Uh, one of my friends said, and this is how you know it's pretty serious. One of my friends said, hey, I think we should pray. <laughs> These 20-year-old guys were like, all right, we need to pray. And we did. And we prayed hard because we were scared. Uh, and we, we said our goodbyes to each other, you know, and it was bad. We were scared to death. But after the storm passed, uh, we got enough courage to go up and, and keep on driving. And we did. We saw cars flipped over and, and roofs uh, ripped off of houses because a tornado had passed just in front of us. It was crazy. This is a, a short video of a description of my friend Terrence who was there uh, of what he saw that day. It was scary. That's it. That was his, he's a man of many words. Uh. But it was crazy. And I learned that day why they called natural disasters acts of God. Because it is awe-inspiring, uh, awe-inspiring the power that is on display. We've talked about before how life is short. One moment you could be bebopping down the road with your friends, and the next moment it's over. Psalm 78, 39 tells us that a man's life is like a breeze that passes and comes not again. So here's the question this morning. Here's the big idea. What do you hold on to when the storms and tornadoes of life pass through your existence? For my friends and I, it became obvious that we really did believe in prayer because we were doing it. In the storm, it became clear that our family and our friends were the most important things to us, and that's who we reached out to. We had had these big plans to go on this big trip as single friends, but we found out pretty quick that our plans had little weight. So what does your soul hold on to when the whirlwind comes through your home life, your work life, or your family life? Here's another way to say that. What gives you peace? What gives you the confidence that you're going to be okay? What does your soul hold on to? Hebrews 6, 19 is an awesome verse, and it speaks to this. It says this, we have this as a shore and a steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. See, we have an anchor in the storm. We have something to hold on to, something to clutch when uncertainty comes. The verse before this says, hold fast to the hope. Hold fast to the hope. And that hope is Jesus. The second half of this verse in verse 19 says that our hope enters into the inner place behind the curtain. And this is a reference to the Hebrew temple. Only the priests could go behind the curtain to the Holy of Holies. And the priest's job was to go to the inner place on behalf of the people. And Jesus is our hope that goes to bat for us on our behalf. See, Jesus is the only sure thing to hold on to when pain and problems come. Last week, we saw David ask the question, why are you cast down, O my soul, hope in God? See, your money is not going to help you when it all falls apart. Your job title, your fishing boat, none of these things will be worth clinging on to when the tornadoes of life come. But this is an amazing promise, isn't it? In all the confusion and in all the chaos, we actually do know someone that never changes. We just heard about that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have something that we can put our faith in. All of our faith and he will never let us down. Judas Smith says this, what Jesus did on the cross covers our past, and that's awesome and I need that. And that's amazing. But it gives us hope for the future as well. But not only that, it gives us something to hold on to today. Jesus is our hope. I've got a kayak. I haven't got a chance to use it yet here in West Virginia because it's kind of been cold and and all that. But I mostly have used it on lakes before. I like to fish off of it. But it's kind of funny how it works. I'll find a good hole to throw a line into, and I'll throw it into that hole a couple times. But before I know it, I've drifted far away from where I thought I was. And it doesn't matter. The uh, lake could be as calm as glass. But I start drifting and I don't even know it. The problem is I don't have an anchor. I've got nothing to tether myself to. I've got no foundation. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be in a storm in a kayak like that. Do you have an anchor? Are you just drifting through this life? Do you even realize how far you have drifted from who you were? See, an anchor doesn't help if it's still in the boat. It's got to reach outside the boat for grip. Can we all just admit to ourselves that we need help from the outside? That in and of ourselves, we don't have enough? Our inward man needs help from the outside. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed as a husband, and I know that I fall short. Sometimes as a parent, I don't have the answers. I'm in over my head. Sometimes as, a, as your pastor, I... Just dwell on the fact that how unworthy I am. My most common prayer is this. I need you. God, I need you. God, I don't have the answers. I need you. I don't have enough. I'm not enough, but you are enough, God. I need you. I don't have the strength, to parent, like I should. I need you, God. I'm not the husband that I should be. I need you. I have an anchor, and that anchor is Jesus, I have a hope, and that hope is Jesus. I don't know how people that reject Jesus even get through the day with no anchor. They've built a foundation instead on self-esteem, on accomplishments, on their own self-will. But when the storms in life come, they will be left drifting. But see, don't wait till you're in the storm to check if you have an anchor. That's like jumping out of a plane and not checking if you have a parachute until you're halfway down. Hey, don't wait to the midst of these storms in your life before you check if you have a relationship with your maker. Because if you don't have an anchor, your soul is in trouble. But see, once you have that anchor, there's not much that you can add to it, right? Right? You can't add a lot. The emphasis in the, on this uh, verse is a, about the boat. It's not about the anchor. You know, pulling, once an anchor is set in, pulling on it isn't really helping it. You just It's, it's about, not about how fast you hold to it. It's about how much the anchor is holding on to you. And see, Jesus is holding you. We have a sure and a steadfast anchor. The Bible tells us in John ten twenty seven. Through 29, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. See, once you've accepted Jesus Christ, He is never, Going to let you go. See, Jesus is the hero of this passage, just like every passage in the Bible. It's not about how tight you hold on to him. It's about how tight he is holding on to you. See, over and over in God's word, he says this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, God will never leave you once you're his child. You are his child forever. But see, you can step away from him for a while just like the prodigal son did. Meister Eckert said this. He said, God is at home. It is we who have gone out for a walk. And see, just like the prodigal son, your father is waiting for you to come home. Have you ever been in a boat that almost went down? Almost seven years ago, one of my friends that was in the tornado with me was getting married, and so we thought we would rent a pontoon boat. We got like 12 other guys, and we set out on the lake to go find some cliffs to jump off of, have some fun. We stopped for a moment. We're jumping off the side of the boat, having a blast, and we decided that it was time to head to another area. So we start speeding along, but we realized all of a sudden that, oh, we forgot to bring that ladder up in the front. Well... We thought we would fix it. And full disclosure, we probably had too many people on this boat to begin with. <laughs> so we all kind of moved to the front to look at what's going on. And a couple people kind of bend down to see as we're driving along. And all of a sudden, the boat nose dives into the water. The back end of the boat goes up. The engine's outside. We're jumping off the sides of the boat. It was crazy. We thought we were once again going to die. This is a short description of my friend Terrence, who... Uh, I asked him to record that video, and he put the dots in there on his own. I didn't ask him to do that. Uh, this is another time I thought I was going to die. And I think the moral of this whole story is I need new friends, right? But that's, it's just like that sometimes in life. You're cruising along. It's a sunny day, and all of a sudden, you nosedive into something, and you think you're going under. Maybe right now you're thinking of that nosedive moment. Maybe you're still in it right now. Maybe you're still in that. Maybe right now you feel like you're going under. Maybe you feel like you're on the edge of giving up. You're in over your head. Emotionally, you're done. See, in those tornadoes of life, when the floods come, in the storm, we have an answer, and that answer is not inside of us. We have to reach out. The answer is not row harder or to be better. Psalms 40 verse 2, David says this, He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. See, when we are going under, he can pick us up out of the swamp and place us on that firm foundation. Hold fast to the hope. In the first century church, the anchor was a symbol of the, uh, that the persecuted church used as a secret way to identify themselves. It was a symbol of hope and security when the worlds that were falling apart, they had no place that they felt safe. They had to meet in secret. If anyone were to find out that they were Christians, they would get persecuted, they would get jailed and possibly even killed. And one of the symbols that they would use to identify themselves was this anchor. In fact, they would, uh, many of the Christians' tombstones uh, were marked with an anchor. And it would allow people to know that a Christian was buried in that plot. And see, that symbol reminds us that Jesus is our stability. Jesus is our confidence. Jesus is our certainty. While life may be unstable at times, Jesus is our stability in rough waters. So that's the question today. Do you have an anchor? There's an old song, an old hymn that says, uh, does your anchor hold? We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Do you have an anchor in your life? Do you have something to hold on to? Do you have that hope? My prayer for you right now is that you would feel the nudging in God to search what you're holding on to. Do you have that trustworthy anchor? Are you trusting in that anchor or are you trusting in your strength? Bankruptcy, divorce, foreclosure. In the biggest storms in our life, you have to have an anchor, a sure thing, something that doesn't move, a foundation. And Jesus is that sure thing. When you're struggling as a parent, when you're nose diving at work, when you're in over your head in your marriage, you can reach out and say, Lord, I need you. And he can pick up your soul So have hope. You have a savior that goes to bat from you. And no one can snatch you out of his grip. Hebrews 6, 19 we have this as a sure and a steadfast foundation, an anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. The worship team's going to come and stand to our feet and bow our heads. I want you to take a minute to ask yourself, what if it all fell apart? What if tomorrow I lost my job What if tomorrow the worst things in life that I could ever dream of happened to me? What would be left? The prodigal son found out pretty quick that money and and the people he thought were his friends didn't hold. The Bible says he ended up in a pig pen covered in the slop of this world. But he knew one thing. He knew even if his relationship with his dad wasn't the best, he knew he could go home. He knew he had that place that he could go. And I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're in that. The Bible says that the father of the prodigal son was so excited to see him. They had a party. They had a feast. He was just happy to have his son back. and That's the father right now. That's how he thinks of you. Every head's bowed and the eyes closed, I want you to ask yourself that question. What am I holding on to? Where do I put my safety? Is it the number that's in my bank account? Is it my family name or my reputation? What if you lost it? The only true foundation that will last is Jesus Christ, the rock. The Bible says we can build our lives on sinking sand or we can build it on a firm foundation. Maybe you need to reorganize your priorities today. Maybe you look at your life and say, I care way too much about work. I care way too much about this hobby. I, I like to be known as a fisherman or a sports guy, and I put my identity in that. Those things will not last. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. Worship band's going to sing. Altar's open this morning. Maybe you want to come down and say, God, I just, God, I haven't been holding on to you. I've been holding on to other things. Maybe you've got someone that's sick in your family. And you would come down and just recommit and say, God, I'm holding on to you. God's moved in your heart at all this morning. You come.